Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of BD's Universe Podcast. I am your host, Chris, Mr. BD Bronson, and we are here. We're going to discuss a lot of things, like a plethora of topics. And that's a new word I just learned, plethora. So I'm going to keep saying it throughout the podcast. Don't judge me. Talk about what I want to talk about because it's my podcast. So with that being said, let's dive into it, man. So, you know, first of all, I want to shout out to all my listeners out there, all the supporters, Everybody gave me feedback from our last episode. It's much appreciated. We're going to get better time and time again. But now let's jump into this podcast, man. I got a couple topics, man. I'm dealing with the uh, the culture of, you know, hip-hop or black culture, if you will. And you're just going to talk about some things. You know, the BET Hip Hop Awards uh, was this was over the was over the weekend. And usually, I don't really watch the uh, any award show for BET because they they've kind of lost me over the years. And the reason being, back in the day with One Hundred Six Park with AJ and Free, and when the BET Awards was out, it was great because it catered to the black audience, and it was great. Everybody loved it. It was like we would make sure we was there. We watched it from beginning to end. We talk about it, be on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. But then there, there started to be a shift. Because uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but just, Justin Timberlake came out. We invited Justin Timberlake to the barbecue. He was like, yo, Justin, your music is dope. We, hey, we love you. It's cool. You know, and it, just because you, uh, you're not of the black culture and you get invited to the barbecue, that does not then give you a license that you can continue to do what you want. You can act however you want to act at the barbecue. No, 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 no. You still got to act accordingly, okay? You still got to be respectful and know that this is not really your spot, okay? You are an invited guest, so you need to act like a guest. Don't you hate it when you invite somebody out somewhere and they start acting like they running stuff? Like, no, 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 no. You would go to your friend's Thanksgiving with their family and start acting like you family, walking all up in the refrigerator, get whatever you want, not speaking to the baba who, who, who sit on the couch looking at you crazy. No, 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 no. What do you do when you go over to somebody's house? You, you come and you speak, hello, hi, ma'am, how you doing? Hey, miss, hey, uh, can I get some water? Can I, can I get something to drink? You don't just go up in the refrigerator like, yo, hey, where the juice at? No, yeah, I'm going to get the big cup. I know it's meant for your daddy, but whatever. I'm here. I want this cup. And this is what happened with a lot of white artists. When we invite them to the barbecue, they start acting different. They start acting like, oh, yeah, we got this in the bag. I can do what I want. No, 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 no. You cannot. You cannot. Okay? Because one thing about black people, we go tell you about yourself, and then we going to stop supporting you. For example, Justin Timberlake. First couple albums. We love him. He's doing good things, helping the culture. He's got some of the biggest artists. You know, we, I kind of saw a shift when uh, Justin Timberlake did the, uh, what was it? What was the song? A Suit and Tie with Jay-Z. Kind of saw a shift. You know, like, you know, it wasn't really our style, but Jay-Z made it cool. We like that song not because Justin Timberlake. We like it because of Jay-Z. Because, we you know, Jay-Z's in his 40s. He wears suits now. Okay, Jay-Z, all your grown man stuff. Cool. We don't really care about Jay. What about Justin Timberlake? Cared about Jay-Z. But then I really made a shift. He did that the, uh, the song to the soundtrack of Trolls. Okay. Very big, big pop record. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, yeah. Justin, he done left the barbecue. Okay, yeah. He ain't one of us no more. Because that's not catered to us. That's catered to somebody else. It's a good song. 
But one thing about black people, we, we got to have that knock. We got to have that, the 808s, we got to have them drums. Okay, and then uh, Justin Timberlake came up with, a, with an album called Bad of the Woods. I couldn't tell you what song is on that album, okay? Black people, we ain't messing with you, Justin Timberlake. I don't know what that was, okay? I went off on a tangent. And the reason why I say these things is because BET started catering and giving more props to these white artists than they were to the black artists. For example, Robin Thicke has won a BET award over Trey Songz and Usher of the of this sort. So why are we gonna continue to watch the BET awards when you're not even catering to the black audiences? That's so you know, uh, got white people here uh, uh, um, handed out awards. You got white people all up in the, uh, in the categories. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. I know Robin Thicke got a hit song out here. And he got a couple black artists on it. But this BET is black entertainment television. Okay? So why you got all these other people and other cultures out here winning the awards over the black artists? That's why I stopped watching the BET Awards. The BET Hip Hop Awards, I started seeing it a couple of weeks when it came out. I'm like, okay, this ain't too bad. But I didn't, at the, like, again, I wasn't really into any award show coming from BET because they made me feel some type of way. So... I don't really watch the BT Hip Hop Awards, but this this past year though, things that came out that jumped down at me was Billy Ray Cyrus, Mr. Achy Breaky Heart, Miley Cyrus's daddy, won a BT Award for Best Rap Song with Little Nas X for Old Town Road Remix. Now I wouldn't have a problem with that, but what I have a problem with is this man ain't had a hit since Achy Breaky Heart. So Lil Nas X come out with Old Town Road. Huge record. Huge. Number one, number one record in the country. Everybody know about it. Okay? What does he do? He just adds his verse to it. Now it's over the country market. The white people, they loving it. But they see it as Billy Ray Cyrus featuring Lil Nas X. No, 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 no. This is Lil Nas X's song. Concept. Came up with it without you. You just added your little two cents to it, okay? And then it went number one. It was already a number one record without Billy Ray Cyrus on it. But then Billy Ray Cyrus had to add his little mix to it. And here's the thing about black people, about the culture, okay? But just listen to me. I could go off on a tangent. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, okay? We're so forgiving and we're just so thankful that we forget. What people or what society has done to us. Now, Little Nas X had this record. It was a big record. But then Billy Ray Cyrus adds himself to it. Now, Billy Ray Cyrus is now stealing the thunder from Little Nas X. Billy Ray Cyrus made it hot in the white community. It was cool in the black community with all the kids and stuff like that in the beginning. But now, Billy Ray Cyrus is performing it live at the BET Awards. He got invited to the barbecue. Now, he's winning awards over other artists in the BET categories and stuff. So that's kind of why I have a problem with it. Billy Ray Cyrus, you ain't had a hit since Achy Breaky Heart. You don't need to come into the culture and top on a record to get a hit. You're a talented man. You've been in the game for like 20-something years, okay? Your daughter's super talented. She cranking out hits. You can crank out another hit, man. You don't got to come in here and steal from the culture. That's what I'm saying. 
that's how I feel. That's my two cents. Okay. Another thing, Nipsey Hussle wins the MVP award at the BET Hip Hop Awards. Nipsey Hussle has been out for a long time. He has so many mixtapes. He was in a position where he could sell an album for a hundred dollars and people bought it. Okay? Like he Dipsy Hustle just didn't come out in March when he died. Like Dipsy Hustle was out for a while. He put out Victory Lap in February of uh, 2018. Great record, did good things, but only moved like 50,000 units when it first came out. Because nobody was only checking for Dipsy Hustle. Until Dipsy Hustle gets shot in front of his marathon clothing store. Now, all the, he's starting to get all the awards. Now he's starting to get radio play. I never heard a Dipsy Hustle record on the radio until after he died. So what we need to do is start giving these people their roses while they are here. Why is he the MVP now at the BET Hip Hop Awards? Why did he get it the year before? He was already in business doing great things. He was selling records. He was going on tours. He had his clothing line. He had uh, other ventures he was doing. He was building up his community. He was already doing that. But now since he passed, I was like, oh, man, this dude is for Nipsey. Nah, man. Where was that energy when he was up here, man? Everybody streaming his music after he died and ordered all these clothes from the clothing store because he dead. No, why was that? What was all that energy then? Talking about, oh, we got to support Dip so his family and his kids will be good. They can get all that money. Where was that energy at when he was living? Huh? He didn't. He wasn't getting so many orders at the Marathon clothing store. He had to close it down because he just couldn't handle demand. Nah, he didn't. So keep that same energy, man. Keep that same energy. Sorry, I'm a little upset because I like Nipsey, you know, but I would be real with you. I didn't hear none of that Nipsey or Hustle's other records besides Victory Lap. Victory Lap is when I became a fan. Then I went back and started listening to certain songs here and there. I knew of him, but I didn't really mess with his music. The reason be, I didn't think it was that good. I would be honest. I didn't. I didn't identify with it. But then when I started getting into business, when I started changing my mindset, trying to be an entrepreneur and doing other things outside of the norm, Victory Lap was that album that connected to me because he's talking about entrepreneurship and building wealth for your family and making a legacy. That's why I connected with that album. The other stuff, we talk about the gang life, woo-woo. Like I said, my last episode of the podcast, I'm not in that gang culture. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do that. I got glasses. It's not going to be good for me. All right. But R.I.P. to Dip. Still love the man. Put on a great body of work in Victory Lap. But all I'm saying is just give these people the roses while they're here. Let's not wait till they're gone to start appreciating what they've been doing. That goes to anybody in your life. Start appreciating the people in your life while they're here. All right. It's not that hard, man. Go tell your mama you love her. Okay. Tell your daddy you appreciate him. Okay, tell a teacher who was cool to you, hey, no, I appreciate you. You helped me get through high school and all that. Say that. Don't wait till they gone. All right? Then you're just saying stuff for clout. Okay, well, another thing, you know, when it comes to hip-hop, uh, there's a lot of artists who stand the test of time. Okay, you got our Jay-Z. You have our Nas. Uh, you have Tupac. Tupac been dead since 96. He been gone since 96. Still holds weight. My son, who's 13, knows Tupac lyrics. And he was bored 
who was this? About 10 years after Tupac was shot. How do you know this stuff? Because I don't really be playing Tupac, but it's in the culture, it's in the community. So I say it out to say this. The baby, you know, the, the, the new rapper, the baby out here now, is he the future of hip hop? Do you think he can stand the test of time and he'll be out here next year? Because I know he's having a huge year. The baby is out here. He's doing it. He's winning awards. He's getting big on social media, doing all the interviews, dropping records. The baby is a big deal. Now, the baby, I, I, I see the talent, but I'm not too sure if he's going to be able to last the next couple years. I'm just being honest. I don't know if it'll be able to last. Just because the way the music, the way we consume music is so fast that, yeah, he's young and he's put out music at a fast rate, but is he going to be able to keep up with that quality of music that he has been putting out? And is he going to keep following up with the hits? For example, Cardi B. She came out with Bodak Yellow, blew up. Then her album was great. Had a lot of singles on that. But since then, the album came out over a year ago. She slowed down on her singles putting out. And her singles hasn't been as big because you can't really recapture that moment or get back to it. Now, an artist who did that time and time again, Nelly. I know I'm dating myself, but hey, Nelly came out, dropped Country Grammar. Then E.I. They ride with me. Then he came back with hot and her. And the whole world went crazy. Everything Nelly put out for a couple years was a hit. It was top 10. Ludacris did it. Everything he put out was a top 10 hit. He couldn't miss. But everybody has their time to be that guy. And right now, the baby is that guy. But can he be like Drake? In transition and hold it down for a 10-year period? Can he be like Jay-Z to hold it down for a 10-plus year period? Can he be that guy? Or is he going to have his little one- to two-year window, get his money, and then he's gone? I don't know. Y'all let me know, man. Y'all get at me, and y'all tell me what you think about that, man. So, man, we, we, we talked about the culture and whatnot. So, this is what we're going to do now. Now, what I want to do is... I'm gonna go into. I'm gonna transition into uh, into the, the film world or the movies and television and stuff. So, Tyler Perry just opened his 330 acre studio, like production studio. Like they, I think that he was. He has 12 sound stages. 12 sound stages. That's crazy. It's bigger than Warner Brothers, Universal. And Disney's production studios combined. I want you to understand how big that is. Like, like Disney is doing Marvel projects. They all make over, they all make damn near a billion dollars. Okay. Disney has not missed in a very long time when it comes to a movie. They've had a very successful, strong run. Warner Brothers, you know, had a couple, had a couple misses. Suicide Squad, not going to talk about it. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. But the Joker from Warner Brothers, I hear, is pretty good. I might, might go see it this weekend. Now, um, I'm trying to show you guys how big this is. And for Tyler Perry, I'm going to be real. 
I would start to hate Tyler Perry because all his movies have been the same. And I'm a type of guy where it's like, okay, man, stop being predictable. Okay, this person got cancer. This lady was abused as a child. Oh, there it is. So-and-so was raped. Now, okay, I see where the plot line is going. Like, every movie has been the same. But I recently heard of an interview he did. It was, it was an older interview, but he said, hold on, I got to drink my coffee. It's early in the morning. Buy your business. Anyway, I heard him say in an interview that he caters towards his niche. He is hyper-focused on his niche. He doesn't worry about the broad audience. It's his niche. His niche is black church women. And the stories he tells in his films, usually there's a black woman in a church somewhere in America who could identify with that story. That's just the way it is. So all these plays and the movies that have the same undertones to him, he has those same black women coming to every movie and pair for it. Yeah, there might be an occasional fan here and there who comes in, but for the most part, he has his core audience and that's who he's been catering to. And it's allowed him to be worth over $500 million and make over a billion dollars in the box office from all these movies. I'm not even mad at the band no more. Go ahead, do your thing, Tyler. Do your thing, okay? Put me in a movie. I'm funny. I'm cool. Come on, holler at your boy. So, is Tyler Perry Studios, is this the new Hollywood? I think it is. I think within the next five to ten years, Tyler Perry Studios, like Tyler Perry will be known more for the movies that were created on his sound stages than the content he is putting out. And that's no shade to him. But the first movie that was shot on his on the at his studio was uh Black Panther. Black Panther made over a billion. A billion dollars. And it's shot on his sound stage. And we all know Black Panther was a good movie. No one has anything to say about Black Panther. The way it was shot, nothing. So that leads me to believe that he's going to get a lot more big budget movies coming to his studio. Another reason why is because he's in Atlanta. He's not in L.A. or in Hollywood. We all know stuff is more expensive in California. It's more expensive to get something. Because when you do a movie, it's not just having, okay, I got the crew. I got my actors. Cool. No, you got to have you got to have craft services. You got to have food for these people. So it got to be catered. There's a lot of catering people out here in, in, out in Atlanta. But in L.A., they know. It's like, yo, this is Hollywood. Y'all going to pay these big dollars. So they're going to give you a price just knowing this is for a movie. And the people going to pay it because that's what it is. That's what they've been doing for years. But in Atlanta, it's a different ball game. I think they get things cheaper. So a lot of people, a lot of movies will be getting made on Tyler Perry Studios. And I believe it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing. The other thing I want to know, like, do I think Tyler Perry's movies are going to continue to be blockbusters? Now, yeah, they are. Because he's had a run for like, what, for like 14, 15 years? His movies keep opening at number one. I would be honest with you. I don't think all his Medea movies have been that good. But they keep opening at number one. They keep making 20, 30 million in a weekend. Now, 
He goes off, he makes, you look at his movies, like, oh, man, it already made like 70, 80 million at the box office. But he only spent 15 million on the movie. So he like tripled his profit. Yes, he's going to make another one. So what? I had to get over that. Now, the only thing I have to think about Tyler Perry is, I is I'm unsure if he's going to be able to expand his audience. Because now it's coming to a time, like, yeah, you got your core audience. They with you. They're going to rock with you till the wheels fall off. Now, are you going to start changing your stories to reach different audiences or make some more, more compelling uh, content? to put out i think he is because tyler perry's a very smart man he's very intelligent and i think he's had this plan from the jump so look i'm gonna be able to put myself in a position i already write direct produce all of my own content so i already own it all now i have the big enough studio where i can produce it and and film it in my backyard and you're not going to be able to tell me anything i really think he's going to start uh put out some content that's very different than what he's been doing in the past. I feel his reach is going to be a lot further. And I believe that Hollywood is going to have to start respecting this man and giving him his props. Like this dude, he has a walk of fame on his studio. Like how, how, the, how the Hollywood has the stars or, the, or a star of the walk of fame or whatever. He has that. For the people who've been in his movies over the past 15 years, they all got stars <laughs> on the property of Tyler Perry Studios. Like, this man is like, look, this is going to be my Hollywood. This is it. I'm representing for us. We got all these people here. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's great, man. So, Tyler Perry, more power to you, man. You inspire me. And I think I think a lot of people should be taking notes. From Tyler Perry and what he's done, because he's withstood he's withstood all the criticism over the years. Uh, think just think about all the stuff people talk about uh, when he had Mr. Brown on there. Talk about oh, Mr. Brown, he's dumb, dumping down the the content. He's like a dancing monkey. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, but David Mann is doing pretty well for himself right now. He's taking that Mr. Brown character and he's turned it into a business. This man holds gigs as Mr. Brown. He's been in TV shows as Mr. Brown. He's been in uh, movies as Mr. Brown. It's a personality that he's doing comedy shows and stuff as this character. He's feeding his family off this character that a band made up. So you can say what you want, but he now he's blessing this person with this gift and with this talent. To now be able to make other money and have other endeavors. So why are we judging this man? I was one of the people who was judging. And I apologize. I do. I apologize. Because I know better. I should be better than that. But it is what it is. You know, so uh, I'm going to something now. So now I'm kind of going to switch gears a little bit. I talked about, you know, uh, the BET Awards and the culture. Talked about Tyler Perry Studios and whatnot. Now I want to speak on... I like to okay. I would like to end off my podcast kind of like on a note where I want you to give you guys some some knowledge and something to think about or where you want to take your life in the next few years. So, when I want to talk about expanding versus staying the same, what are the benefits of it? So, a lot of times it's hard for people to expand because they're so it's it's different. You want to stay in your comfort zone, you know. You don't want to step out of your comfort zone. You just want to. You know, be in your little bubble, your little cocoon, because you're comfortable there and you know how to do everything, so you're good with it. But really, you have to expand. Like, uh, what are 
good friend of mine, Tadisha Moreno, she's always saying this. If you're not growing, you're dying. Like, if you are not constantly evolving, you're dying. And this is true. It's just like a plant. If a plant does not, if it stays the same, in the same condition, it's no longer growing. Now, it's eventually going to die off. Am I right? For a baby, if we saw a baby and it's to stop growing after a year old, stop developing, we're like, okay, what the hell is wrong with this baby? I take this baby to the doctor. This baby, ain't, uh, this baby ain't walking. Does it stop walking? Uh, this baby ain't, uh, ain't 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 talking. Baby still crapping on itself. What the hell's going on? No, no, the growth, the development and growth has stopped. So now we need to see what's wrong with this child. Same thing with a grown adult. If you are not evolving, you are becoming stagnant. And stagnant is where death happens. Think about it. If there's a shootout and you ain't moving, you standing there. You got a very high chance of getting your your uh your muffin cap peeled back blue. Okay? You have a, you have a very good chance of that. So you have to constantly be evolving. Okay? Now, not everybody who's around you is gonna be able to grow with you. This is something I had to deal with. Like, not everybody you know now in the next year or two is going to be in that same position where, like, you're, they're, like, your right hand. They're your best friend, yada, yada, yada. Sometimes you have friends who are in seasons in your life. Okay, what I mean by that is you play sports. you always in sports. You got your best friend who's doing the sports with you. Yeah, but the moment you shift from doing sports, if it's not something you want to pursue outside of school... But it's something that, you know, kept you focused on that time frame. That friend, he's not always going to be there. Okay? Now you got a different group of friends. Now they got like-minded individuals. You, Not everybody deserves access to you. Okay? Just because we was cool last year, six months ago, don't mean I got to always cater to your wants and needs. Let's just be real. I have people in my life now where at first I was always, when I did something, I always wanted to put everybody together, bring them all together, just go do this. Why is it telling me? It's like, no. Sometimes you just want to talk to certain individuals who have the same type of, you want to have a certain conversation, so you go to this person. And it's true. Because sometimes, you know, everybody got that ratchet friend. Still in the hood. Okay, still got a little ratchet mentality. Everybody still got that friend. But you can't always bring the ratchet friend around the business-minded friends. Conversations are different. So you can't always be in the mix with everybody at the same time. Okay? And also what you need to understand is when you upgrade, sometimes the old features are no longer available. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When you upgrade, sometimes the old features are not always available. An upgrade is a good thing. Okay? You update your phone. They fix some bugs. They change some things so it can function better. An upgrade lets you function better. It's more efficient. So just because you did something a certain type of way, that was cool. That worked for that back then thin now you're at a different level and so now you have to change the way you function 
because your old functioning is not going to work in a new place. Let's just be real. Okay? Girl, at your job, you're doing entry-level work. Okay? Now you move up to uh, mid-management. Okay? Now it's a different type of level of functioning. You're not always doing the the, the, the hard work, the grunt, the physical labor part. Now you have to start being intellectual. Now you have to say, okay, how am I going to solve this problem? Who can I put where to make sure this is running and that's doing and that that's and things are getting done? And then there's another level. Now you got to start looking at financials. Like, okay, that's cool. Is so and so doing their job? Is this being, if this, if us doing it this way, is this proficient enough and cost effective enough for us to keep doing it? If not, you got to find another way. So that's all it is. An upgrade allows you to function better and you have to change something in order to upgrade. So you have to expand your surroundings. You have to uh, enlarge your territory. You have to start reading more, you know, start listening to different podcasts. You have to become something different because not everybody is going to be here for you. That's period. Not everybody is your friend. Not everybody has your best interests at heart. I found that out. And stop telling everybody your business. Okay? Because they'll need to know all your business. That's why it's called your business. It's ownership. It's yours. Okay? It ain't for uh for uh for every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there to know what the hell's going on in your life. Y'all say what you want. I'm, t- I'm giving y'all some game. This is something I've learned. Okay? So you... Not everybody can know your business. Not everybody has to know your every move. Okay? Sometimes you got to move in silence and then let your results speak for itself. Okay? So I believe y'all with that, man. That's it for the BDs podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll catch you guys next week. So, doses.